Middle Cough! Hey, B! Coming at you live from the Ham Studios. Ooh, live on YouTube! And a podcast of your choosing, timing wise. Ooh! All right, are we on the tube? What day is today? Today is uh, Wednesday, June 2nd. The same day that we attended our first Niners OTA of 2021. First one probably in a couple years. You know, last year got wiped out. We, we did not attend an OTA last year. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. The year before would have been would have been the year. Yeah. It's and, been a while. Um, you know, the year before did not have quite the energy that last year's would have had. It would have been a big deal, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I did mention uh, to multiple people, Niners PR, that, you know, Kyle, in early 2020, as I walked out of the combine room, and I, I Bob Lang, who's now the, with the Eagles, I introduced myself to Kyle. We started, it was just us two and Bob. Yeah. We talked, and I dropped, I always work for Andy Reid. You got to get it in fast, your bio to kind of legitimize. That's right, elevator you. pitch. Then we started talking. He's like, yeah, man, I'll come on your podcast. And then obviously within a couple weeks, March 15th, right, that, that was late. February, Kyle was coming on this podcast, and Corona has derailed it, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him since. Hell, w- w- the way we watch practice today, you kind of come in the back, you don't have access to anybody. That 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 statement was made. Yeah, and it, I, I just it's like a call it the shampoo effect with drinking. It's like if you're drunk from the night before, you have a cocktail, you feel it again. I think if Kyle and Bald would introduce, hey, oh yeah, I said that, I'd come on, but I don't know how we get in front of him, guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, apparently Kyle said that to a lot of people from uh, what we understand, <laughs> according to uh, Mike Chazanoff, who uh, we had a good talk with out at Niners practice. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some stuff coming. But um, the time will come, John. The time will come. Yeah. Just time will come. Is what it is. You know, we keep doing the right things, one foot in front of the other, brick by brick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be brick by soon. brick, baby. Brick by brick. Uh, a few YouTube comments. This uh, just walked past a coworker and yelled pr- promo code ham. I work in a postal plant, LMAO. They looked at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> or like the idiot I am. I like few, that. A f- few things, John, to, uh, to identify here for people. We just, this is, we're recording this, if you're listening on the podcast, on Wednesday afternoon, almost into Wednesday evening. Uh, we were out at Niners uh, 49, we were out at 49.49, John, as they say, and uh, Marie P. DeBartolo away. And uh, we went to Niner OTAs, had our binoculars, and um, we, uh, we'll have some thoughts on that. Before we get into it, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the YouTube channel. If you're watching the YouTube channel, you may be watching it live, you may be watching it recorded, playback. Uh, check out the podcast in the description below. Yep. And uh, leave, did you mention Middle, no. uh, uh, Haberman, Middlecoff, we have a little mailbag. That we'll do Friday as part of this week's a little thrown off, partly by me. Uh, well, it's but, a holiday. Yeah, it's a holiday, we'll so we're rocking and rolling, and, and it worked and it worked out perfectly because mm-hmm. Niner practice do the podcast. But leave, leave a review, leave a question mark, Apple reviews, and then we'll answer it on the mailbag toward the end of the week. And if anything else is going on, luckily it's a slow week, so we'll be able to fit in your questions. Yeah, you know? we got plenty of stuff. We got plenty <laughs> of stuff for the good time. Hit that like button. Um, also, if you're on YouTube, John, check it out. I, I didn't. I almost took it off, but I left on my just proof evidence. Did you? Do you still have your wristband on? They didn't give me one. Mm. 
Is that what you got for a media member to go into practice? Yeah, Levi Stadium. It was given to me by uh, Hayes, part of Niner Security, who uh, listened to the podcast, I'm sure, today. And um, I said, Hayes, he's wearing like the Niners, you know, he's got like the vest on, Niner Security logo. I said, Hayes, you a big Niner fan? Actually, I'm a, I'm a Steeler fan. Big Steeler fan. <laughs> So, hey, stay tuned for the part later where we talk about Ben Roethlisberger's Tommy John surgery. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You can meet people, and if they, you know, if you say you're a fan of whatever the local team is, whenever they say no, but they're a fan of quote-unquote, it to me, usually, if it's the NFL, Packers, Steelers, Cowboys come up a lot. Yeah. Occasionally, if you're a Northeast guy, Giants or Jets. But I would say pretty consistently – yeah, I'm from L.A., but I just grew up a big Packer fan. Like, that happens a lot. You, pro- you probably get, as crazy as it sounds, you get more of that, oh, I'm a Steeler fan, than you get, I'm a Seahawk fan, right? I, well, I think the Packers and Steelers, if you well, just talked about quantity and generation of fans, like, part of the reason the Lakers, they have a double whammy. They're one of the biggest markets in American history, size-wise, L.A.'s enormous, and their team's good. Like, when you're the Steelers or Packers, and you've been good, Steelers have been good since the 70s, Packers have been good since 92 now, right? Even if you're just, like, a 40-year-old, like, when you, you were, like, 10, when Favre gets there, you know, times are pretty good. Their generations of fans, I think both those two operations are underrated for not being, I mean, Pittsburgh is bigger than Green Bay, Wisconsin, but neither of them are, you know, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago. They right. have fans everywhere. Do you think both are top five brands when you just factor in the fan bases? All sports? In the, in, no, in the NFL, in the country. Packers, Steelers? Yeah. 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 Because I, I think the Packers, Packers might Steelers, be like top Cowboys. three. Niners? Niners. The Giants are pretty big. Yeah, I mean, Giants. They've won Bears. Super Bowls in the 80s and the 90s. The, the Bears haven't won enough. I know, but do you, I'm just saying, do you run into people who go like, I'm a... Well, to me, a big part of it is Bears to get... fans, the Giants Yeah, fans, to, to get just crazy explosion of a fan base or Super Bowls. Just getting there, but if you win them. The Giants won two in the 80s and then two more in the last 15 years. Like that, that like, I think your fan base when you win a Super Bowl... If this was like a biz- we were like giving a business talk, increases by like thirty percent immediately. Step one, <laughs> win a championship. <laughs> That's what's so amazing about the Cowboys. Once you're like, done with step one, repeat. <laughs> the Cowboys, how have they maintained it for twenty five years? Is he just that good of a marketer, Jerry? They're yeah, cool. I mean, the brand is pretty big. Sometimes it's a little out of your control. They were big before Jerry Jones bought them, right? Yeah. They've they've one thing they've done of- consistently too, historically. They've had famous coaches. They hired a couple of college coaches. When college, you know, college football is obviously big, but they hired Jimmy Johnson from Miami, right? They hired, yeah. hired Barry Switzer from Oklahoma. They hired Bill Parcells. They hired Bill the Parcells. They had Tom Landry. I mean, pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. Um, one other shout out, John, goes to uh, the cousin of our friend Marcus Thompson. Marcus's cousin Devin and all of his friends apparently listen. Keep ignoring uh, your your cousin. Devin, with all of our takes, regurgitating our takes to him, we appreciate that. Yeah, we do. Love Marcus. And so we love Devin. Podcast brought to you in part by DraftKings. We have a DraftKings golf game right now, which is already full for the uh, Memorial this weekend. Kind of weird the Memorial is the, I guess it's Memorial Day week. So that's big. Plus NBA playoffs. This is where they separate the pretenders from the contenders, John. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings. The leader 
We attest to it in One Day Fantasy Sports. Right now, DraftKings, use the code HAM. When you sign up, DraftKings offering free-to-play pools every day during the basketball playoffs. Okay? So that offers players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes each day. And the best part of it is it's free. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now. You have had it. I've had it. I've had it forever. So have you. Uh, use the promo code HAM when you sign up. Get a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day with the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code HAM for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. We're big. We're big uh, DraftKings guy. Yeah, love love me some DraftKings. Uh, Joseph, love me some DraftKings. Joseph on uh, YouTube says Cowboys just announced their season schedule with Post Malone playing beer pong with Jerry Jones. Hashtag marketing. They did what? Is that true? Well, I think well, part of it though is like Post Malone is a huge Cowboys fan. Like he like that's his team. You know, that'd be my only thing. Like I, I get what they're saying. But it's not if Post Malone was just an NFL fan and the Cowboys got him. Like he's a, I think he has a Cowboy tat. Like he's a diehard Cowboy fan. Well, just taking advantage. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you like, like when Arizona brought Gronk out to spring ball when Jed Fish brought him out to spring ball. It was one of those things that you go, it's a great idea because Gronk's a big deal. But it hadn't happened. Gronk hadn't been back. You know, so just because something feels obvious doesn't mean everyone else would have done it. You, you know what's credit fu- for that. What's funny is you and I, we both talked about it when we saw each other. Someone, Hawkins, was like, when's the last time you see Haberman? And you don't even realize it because you're on this so much. It feels I like we're about in the same today. office. But you don't, I, we don't actually see each other as much in person when you really think about it. But Peter Schrager texted me about the podcast. He's like, hey, man, thanks for, I guess we were talking about it a couple days ago. You must, I didn't know Schrager listened to the pod. Uh, and Jed Fish was at... Uh, that wedding with Sean McVay. Did you hear that part? Yeah. And and I thought the way he, like Sean was asking him, like, what was it like to work with him? And he called it like competitive endurance. With Belichick. With yeah. Belichick. And I'll never forget the way Savage described Belichick was like the first day of training camp, there is a football treadmill. And it ain't going 10, but it ain't going two. It's going maybe five, but he gets on that treadmill and he's on it till the end of the, till the end of OTAs, till summer break starts. And that's where he separates himself. He doesn't sprint. He doesn't walk. He's at a pace, but the pace never deviates for nine months. Most people mentally break. Yeah. Actually, it's actually not nine months, right? If you're talking late July till right now. I mean, we're June. That's a long time. Uh, it was a great the Flying Coach podcast. You you mentioned on the show the other day. McVay McVay's an elite elite addition. Uh, McVay's really good. Uh, Schrager, I think, is fantastic in that role. Like I hadn't heard Schrager in a podcast form. Like I think he's really good. Also, McVay's a star because he's McVay. But then, like, uh, you know, he tells a lot of stories. Schrager has some really great insight. I he's had some really good, just like career advice type stuff. The Cliff Kingsbury one they just had. So I listened to half of like Lafleur and Solid the other day. The other half yesterday. And then Cliff Kingsbury on the way to and from Levi Stadium. It was very good, so highly recommend. Schrager, Schrager's like uh, the modern version of what I imagine like Mike Silver was in the '90s. Like he just, like he's just in with them. He's, you know, like, he's uh, like in their our houses. Boy, at their, Zach Taylor yeah, got his win. <laughs> sitting at sitting at McVeigh's couch. Like that's that that's 
I, I Traeger's killing it. Yeah, Traeger got in with the right crew. Traeger is killing it, and I think he also. Well, we could talk about that's a whole other thing, but he does a really good job just separately because he's unique. But uh, his podcast is good, so check out. Not that they need our promo, but but uh, yeah, yeah man, they're really good. Really good. All right, should we dive into stuff? Yeah. All right, we got our first eyes on Trey Lance um, in person today. We went out to Niners OTA. We got to watch him. I guess we could have posted some of the videos in this video and on this podcast to prove that we were there, but we both posted on Instagram. So you can go see some of the videos of Trey Lance. The good stuff you can't really film um, as time went on, but uh, we got to see him. What would you think? What were your first impressions of watching Trey Lance throw the ball around a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, when you just see him physically, now Jimmy is... I would say slightly below average. I wouldn't call him partly because they're short quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and some of them are good. I mean, Russell, Baker, Kyler, right, six feet and under, which is not normal in the NFL. And, I mean, two of the two number one picks. And and Jimmy's, you know, right around 6'2". But to me, I, I mentioned this to you at practice, just watching Trey Lance's physical attributes. Because that's all. I'm, I'm not – can't see him reading defenses. And there was a play, probably a team later in the – where – got picked or dropped it was hard to tell from dropped. our vantage point but like you know I, i'm not judging i'm just judging him up arm strength physical stature i said to you if he had gone back to school right for his junior year i think he came out redshirt sophomore the hype on him to me would have been josh allen Wentz, just this small school elite talent and i said listen i don't know the quarterback class top to bottom right Sam now Sam Howell. But I think he's probably the number one pick in the draft. If, uh, you know, if he has a good season, puts up numbers like he did his freshman season, when you just look at his physical attributes, and you could argue, you don't even necessarily need to, right? Like, more than ever, the unknown and the physical attributes are going to win out. He just, we didn't even really see him run because you're not tackling anybody. And that's an element that, like, he's big and has a big arm. But God, I mean, running is an element that he brings to the table too. Like he's blue chip might be a little strong because I mean he ended up going to where he went to school, but he looks the part, man. I mean, there's no way around it. Like that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, I mean, look, he's not blue chip in the sense that he literally was not a blue chip recruit, but based on his physical skills, he is blue chip based on size, strength, athleticism, arm strength, and speed. Right. He would be, if you didn't know anything about his background and said, okay, scout, is this guy a blue chip physical, uh, you know, uh, uh, build, just everything together, you'd say, yes, he is blue chip. Um, I think one thing that was good, it was not a very long OTA practice, but we saw a lot of, we got to watch a lot of individual drills. I know that's your speed, John, one hour practice. For the millennials, phone break. We got to watch um, a, good, a good amount of 11 on 11 and a, and a, plenty of seven on seven right yeah. we got to see a lot of them and you know the first thing that i think stood out and we'll talk about jimmy i got some other stuff about jimmy that we'll get to so do you but i think in terms of size that stood out i i thought one play two plays one hits kittle down the sideline and kittle makes a kittle looks really good makes a and just is active and screaming and yelling at people but the 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 incomplete pass you're talking about to me was significant in just the display, you don't see a ton of 100-mile-an-hour throws in these settings. We did see some deep balls. You can you can talk about some of the deep balls we watched him throw to a stationary target. 
But the one pass that got broken up, which you see, it feels like you see a lot when you watch a seven on seven highlight. It'll be nose and within five yards. And there's just a line of like linebackers, like eight yards down the field or something. And you're trying to fit it into a tight window, which is what he tried to do. It was the one throw that I really saw him try to really throw a fastball. And it was a fastball. Like you noticed the throw before you saw the result. You noticed the throw. Because I said to you, I went, whoa, as the throw got unloaded. And then it got deflected and you started laughing at me for loving the throw before we got the result. But to me, it was partly like there was the uh, Warren Sharp video that went around like a month ago, in which there's like it's like the cut up of every Josh Allen pass that should have been picked, but it wasn't last year. And it's like 18 balls or 20 balls or something like that. Like he does have a speed in him. He does have in his arm something that it may not be in the strike zone, but it's going to be hard to hit. Right. A.K.A. It's going to be hard to pick. And that was one that was he made one throw like that on Wednesday and it was an incomplete pass, not an interception. Clearly, he was trying to fit it into a tight window. It was not complete, but it also was not caught by the defense. Well, I think in plays like that and you just, you know, I know people listening, you you can't attend practice and just even the minimal videos that come out because the Niners are smart. They limit the amount Uh his physical attributes to me seeing that is exactly what I said the entire time why they couldn't take Mac Jones. Because part of taking a guy really high is he has to possess the elite traits, right? And then ideally, playing quarterback more than like other positions and, and playing football in general is more than just traits, right? Ideally, you get Trent Williams, who's big, can run like a deer, who's powerful, and is an elite player. Like just the total package, right? Most guys aren't. I mean, Tom Brady was not coming out. Aaron Rodgers was not coming out. Russell Wilson, obviously, like the best. Mahomes wasn't even viewed as that coming out. But if you're going to take a guy at three number number three overall, you have to be confident that you can coach him up, right? Which clearly they are. Like add things to his arsenal upstairs just because naturally you're only going to know so much at 20, 21 years old, right? You're, you're going to be able to coach him up mentally. Like that's to me... You cannot teach what he possesses physically. Where the problem with Mac Jones is he's limited physically. So you're getting a guy that like Trey is going to be able to do things for Kyle that even Jimmy, who actually is more mobile than like the Jared Goffs and the Cousins of the world can do, but on a way different level. And Kyle had mentioned that during Josh, I guess his introductory press conference when they made the trade. It's like ideally you'd want like Lamar Jackson meets Drew Brees. Was he talking about that? That was before the draft, right? That was before John the draft. Said. That was the Monday before the draft, yeah. Yeah, and, and part of that is like, Angry that's Kyle why you the get Monday this. Now, we draft. don't know how good this guy's going to be, but I already sign off on the phys- Like, that's what it's supposed to look like. Like, Mac Jones, I, I don't even know how we would have done this podcast if Mac Jones had just been like, well, he's just really seeing it well. Like, fuck. <laughs> you know? That's what you told me about C.J. Beth. Yeah, that's, and well, I'm, that's Michael Holly's job even, now. It, it, it's done to even, they drafted the guy. So yeah. there's still there was even like talking to a couple people out there like the Mac Mac is still a conversation, right? It's like well, of course this thing is yeah. this is what I said before the draft. No matter who they draft, they'll draft that person, and then it'll be like okay, the decision is over. But really, none of this has even begun. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance and maybe some third rounder or fourth rounder or fifth rounder that's going to have a career. This thing is only just begun. It's only just but the idea that, like, we know now that Trey Lance is definitely better than Mac Jones. We don't. We, I mean, everything we've been talking about has been about draft value. But 
with this thing has only just begun. And that's why you're looking at from a this is I think in part because you're going to have a condensed preseason with only 3 games. This is going to be a hugely anticipated preseason because one of the things that we cannot know when we watch him at OTAs, he's not going to he's you're allowed to tackle quarterbacks in the preseason games, John. Right? And until you can until you can do that, I don't know what a guy looks like running around making plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's a balance to it, too. Like, you know, the one thing with preseason games is the McGlinchies and the Alex Max and, I mean, Trent Williams probably won't play a snap. You got to be, there's a balancing act of throwing them out there with guys like some practice squad or get them hurt because right. the guys on the other end, like the one thing in preseason games, you have people that shouldn't be out there with your high-end players going up against some guys that are on defense doing everything they can to make a team. Right, and you just—it's—it's right. it's a hard balance because you want to play him a ton during the preseason, but it's like, am I playing him in the second half of some of these games? Right, with third and four stringers, like that's where you get in these precarious situations with a but. But he needs the reps. It, It's—I I, don't—you. This is where I—I I think Dilford said it with Rosillo a while back. I don't know if Jimmy. I, if you told me Jimmy doesn't play a snap in the preseason, I will not push back on that. I'd have no issue with it. So what the question, you, what, guy? What has Jimmy proven in the? He's not out to prove anything. Maybe give him a series, maybe. But like McVay forever didn't make Jared Goff do preseason games. Like I, I'm cool with Trey Lance starting all the preseason games. Yeah, but even then, that, yeah. I mean, it's the only question would be where's Jimmy in terms of by the time you get to you know, early September, is he where he needs to be in terms of just timing and rhythm? And if he is, then you really don't gain anything. Yeah. Right. To me, to me, he looked like just normal. And we'll get into Jimmy here in a second, but like the Jimmy I saw out there is going to be like, he just stays healthy. He's going to be ready for the season. The, Would you agree with that? Like if he doesn't play a preseason game, I will not have a Garoppolo's fine. Yeah. yeah. Garoppolo's fine. I, the, the question is like, do you want Trey Lance playing with any second teamers? And if so, how much that's fine with me yeah. I, so yeah, i mean he is a second team so if you're so in other words if you're treating him in three weeks like by the way when they play the chiefs the chargers the raiders uh, will we see one of those three starting quarterbacks like not going to see mahomes right Derek, maybe herbert new just new coach new offense but wait what are the three preseason games chiefs chargers raiders that's pretty good <laughs> yeah i mean in theory <laughs> It sounds good, like because you think regular season. They play. Where's the Raider game? Uh, Raider game is at Levi's. See you there. I can't go to preseason games just out of uh, principle, but that's, <laughs> that'd be sweet if that was a regular season game, would it not? Yeah, it would be. It would be. So uh, look, I I mean the, the the point I'm making though is however much he plays in the in the preseason, the one thing that's hard to judge one of his. Key attributes you cannot judge in practice because it's not off. You're not getting these off script situations, and even when you do, you go, "All right, that's a sack." Right? You're running around making a play. The play's over. You would have been out of the pocket running or throwing it away by then, something like that. And that's part of the thing with football practice is even you saw some of the seven on seven stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can't just hold on to the ball for ten seconds. And this. You probably see the same thing if you were watching Mahomes or Dak Prescott or Tom Brady. It's just a nature of the drill, right? Sometimes the defense in a seven-on-seven shell drill is like the corners are going to shut your guys down, and then what are you going to do? But some of these drills are just a little unrealistic. What did you think about the uh, when they when they set up uh, stationary coach 
and uh, threw their deep ball today. Missed that one. No, you just oh, oh, right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, all four guys, I mean, Jimmy might have the worst arm of the four, just pure power. I mean, Josh Rosen. Rosen for sure. Uh, Sudfeld, I don't know. Sudfeld's massive, but. Yeah. Trey's got a better like arm than Jimmy. Rosen six, has six. a better arm than Jimmy. More power. Yeah. It's crazy. Rosen is big. He's huge, but he clearly. I don't know. So I, I, I'm fascinated to know, know the people that have really like. I would love to have just beers with people that have been around him for a while. Like, what's he missing? Like, how is this guy can't even be a backup? What's going on here? He's got a rocket. <laughs> yeah, his arm. Bigger. If I said his arm's better than Trey Lance's, would you believe that? Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, in that situation, I bet in the games, would it look different? I don't know. No, no, I know. I'm just if they just both lined up and try to throw it as far as they could. It was he actually me. really. Could he be decent? Now the no deep ball he threw, he had the wind at his back, overthrew it by 15 yards. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a 55 year old beer drinking equipment guy. I mean, everyone else hit him. You know what? It looked like he kind of backpedaled and made a catch, and it looked like he was uh, running uh, uh, Nat from the uh, Chief Super Bowl. Uh, wasp. Yeah. wasp, wasp, wasp. Kind of looked. It was the same type of catch he was making. Yeah. Before we get on to some Jimmy Garoppolo, some Julio Jones stuff, some Javon Kinlaw, a lot of talk about Javon Kinlaw, sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's where it's at, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Right now, John, still going on. Discover proven quality sleep. Save 1000 bucks on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed during the Memorial Day sale only at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yep, quality sleep improves your recovery. So when you have a good night's sleep, like Guy and I get all the time because we have Sleep Number beds, you feel dramatically better the next day. Have you ever had a bad night's sleep and go, God, I feel awful? Well, that's because you're not sleeping well. And having the right bed, studies have shown, sleep number, you sleep better. It helps with anxiety. It helps with stress. It helps with just your mental well-being. We know that's a big deal. And part of the reason, I, I whenever I used to have bad sleep, it would ruin my day. Now I always get good night's sleeps all the time. Game changer. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. I can't recommend it enough. Get you some outside time, maybe a little sun if you can. Like today, I'm pretty sure I'm going to sleep good today. Uh, 12 to 16 ounces of water when you wake up, maybe before the caffeine. I've actually been doing that, and it's made me feel not only a little fresher, it makes my stomach feel better too. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Discover proven quality sleep. Save a 1000 bucks on the new Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed during the Memorial Day sale. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at GameTime. Here's what I need you to do. 
Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo's position. Um, you know, I do think you made a comment while we were at, at Niner OTA looking at the quarterbacks, the four of them now, and uh, it did. I, I think you do. Every time I see Garoppolo in person, I'd kind of forgotten about it. I hadn't seen him in person in a while, but especially when he's next to Trey Lance, blue chipper, Josh Rosen. is. A, don't forget, Josh Rosen's a blue chipper and looks like it. Nate Sudfeld, 6'6", I don't know, I don't have the right, 225 minimum? He's big. 230? He's big. He looks like Carson Palmer, humongous. You do, when you see Jimmy, at least I do, and especially next to those bigger quarterbacks, you just have an appreciation for the court, for the uh, career that he's put together to this point because he is not he does not look like those other guys, right? He well, is I, I, closer to Brady in terms of, I probably shouldn't even say that, but just in terms of like he's, yeah, he's just, I shouldn't say that. But you know what I'm saying? Like he is just not, the, the odds are stacked against guys like Jimmy Garoppolo when they go to college, when they come out of college to be NFL quarterbacks. I, I would probably do the comp. Now, this comp's probably bad, too, to Derek. I mean, Derek's brother was the number one overall pick. It, it's just got to be a little more random. Maybe like a Baker Mayfield. But even Baker played at Oklahoma. This guy played at a small school. And I, I mentioned it to you out there. I mentioned it to Marcus Thompson. Like, I, it, people shit on him. And, and listen, I can, too, as a player. But to be that small, I mean, relative to his position, and come from a small school and be this good is kind of a testament like he is talented you know he, he's he's bringing something to the table here because like josh rosen can't hold jimmy garoppolo's chalk and josh rosen was drafted 10 about three years ago right Could, couldn't hold jimmy if you played a game it wouldn't even look the same and it might ju- who knows you can make all the excuses you want but i would also imagine this that most quarterbacks and i remember Listen to Mike and Mike back in the day. Golick would always get so fired up when quarterbacks would like complain after the draft when they drafted another quarterback. Because every other position, every other position, and recruiting's the same way with this too, but in college, new quarterbacks show up every year. You could have the same quarterback room in the NFL for several years, right? The only reason the backup may change after like three or four is because that backup gets a little more money somewhere else. And yeah. it's just, we just draft a seventh rounder for cheapness. But most quarterbacks, I don't want to say you get put on scholarship because you earn that, right? Like Mahomes isn't on scholarship. He's earned being a star. Or Brady or even Lamar or Russell or whoever. But they never have to worry. Like George Kittle, if you told me within a, like next year, they don't trade their second rounder for Julio and the dude they draft in the second round is a tight end, like that's believable, Right. With the 50th pick, the Niners take a tight end from Oregon. You'd be like, that is 100% on the table. And George would be like, oh, I got another tight end. You don't even, it's just part of the deal. 
The Niners, they take Debo. He has an incredible stretch in the playoffs. Has like, I think, seven or eight catches in the Super Bowl. Boom, first round wide receiver. And it's just part of the deal. Where with quarterback, the moment that guy comes, now this is a unique scenario, but it's a pressure like, whoa, with an incumbent, right? And Jimmy was an incumbent. And you feel it like, I just felt it out there. You know, they're like, God. And Jimmy's game, like, is always, he's not like a slow plotter. Like, he's pretty urgent when you see him at practice. Like, he's kind of short and quick. You know, just, just the way he, his movements. I felt like, I, I told Marcus this, probably mentions you. Like, this, every practice right now during the offseason has to feel like the fucking, a big deal to him, right? He's got this guy because a lot of drills are, you know, for the beginning of practice to just be efficient when you have a bunch of quarterbacks, you have multiple quarterbacks throwing to, one guy throws to the left, one guy throws to the right. For the last couple of years, and Jimmy's been doing this, Jimmy was doing it next to Tom, but he knew like he wasn't Wally Pip and Tom. Right. The last couple of years, it's been CJ and Nick Mullins. Now he looks over in there and goes, not only is this guy the third pick in the draft, they traded the farm for him, and clearly Kyle was drawing up pictures on the way back from Justin Fields' pro day. Like, how is Jimmy not reading that stuff? Like, that's got to be, which is good. I mean, we all, but he, we're all human. Like, maybe he's just dumb to it being in the league for a while, but I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to not see him just feel like an immense amount of pressure. You could argue more pressure than he's ever had. Maybe that first year when they gave him a bunch of money was felt like a lot. It, but, but this to me, is different. It's, different. it's just it's that's a different type of pressure. That is, all right. Here's the pressure. Go lead the team. There was no question about who. And he had just come off a really good stretch at the end of the year after they traded for him, right? So he had some momentum. He probably felt light on his feet. Um, People have been blowing him for like a couple of years around the league. Everyone been trying to get him. Yeah, look, right? he got to the Niners and it went great immediately. Yes, there was pressure that came with the contract, but it went really well right away. This is different. This is, you know, obviously everyone's always trying to, quote unquote, take your job. But back to what you said about the positional differences, when you're a quarterback, the other guys don't really get the opportunity to do it. If you're the established starter, right? Josh Rosen comes in. There's no Kyle Shanahan's not sitting there doing the practice plan, trying to figure out how can we get a good look at Rosen so we can determine if he's better than Jimmy. There's none of that, right? This whole thing right now is just about waiting until Trey Lance is good enough to compete for the job with Jimmy Garoppolo. And right now on June 2nd and in July and in August and in September, maybe still and on and on and on and on, there's a period of time where Jimmy Garoppolo has the advantage on Trey Lance because he's played in the NFL and he's played for this coaching staff with this offense. He knows Mike McDaniel. He knows Kyle Shanahan. He knows George Kittle. Like he has an advantage. The question is at some point, does Trey Lance do enough just to chip away and negate some of the advantage that Garoppolo has. And that's – to I, it might be a good pressure for Jimmy. Like, now this is all about how does he process it. But even if he doesn't read a single thing, listen to a single thing about Kyle Shanahan drawing up plays on the way back from Justin Fields' pro day, he knows that he walks in and the third overall pick is on his team and happens to play his position. So it's it's impossible to ignore. Impossible to ignore. But, again, like – Right now, he's ahead. He's just ahead of the game. He's just, how is he not? Yeah. But it can, that stuff can change fast. But, but like change. you mentioned earlier with Trey, a lot of his is going to be like how he looks during game action. Because I, I watched him today just thinking like, look pretty good out there. Yeah, but that's a lot of it with Jimmy too. Like a lot of Jimmy is, 
If I would, because I thought I had that thought watching today. If I didn't know anything, would I think that Garoppolo's clearly better than Josh Rosen? No. Yeah, it's it's you if you went really, out there never having seen the team or not knowing any names, it would be hard to tell because that's the thing with practice. Like a backup quarterback can look really good, and with the Niners, it's their third and fourth quarterback who are just look the part physically. It'd probably be if you went to an NBA, if you just went to like a Bobcats practice. They probably have some ninth, tenth, eleventh guys that they just walk through the room. You're like, "Holy shit, who the hell's that?" Because what like, is this oh, thing he, in the he's end? He's got bad hands. He doesn't know how to. He can't run straight, really. But God, he looks the part getting off the bus. Well, in the end, it's about it's the games, John. But and you could argue Jimmy is kind of the opposite because he's not a looks that sweet off the bus beside to chicks, <laughs> right? He's not physically imposing relative to quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's but one thing I think and you noticed that the second he became a Niner. You noticed that if you went back and watched any of him in New England, he he does get just on a basic level, he gets rid of the ball fast. Right. Yeah. He well, throws the ball quickly. That matters. Well to well, to me, what put him on the map was release and just you know, it looks like, like Tom with New England. Yeah, his short step and and his and his release. Well, what what do you think he worked on probably for several years yeah, there? Mean, is how he, their offense, which benefits him, because I think it can be it could hurt a guy who doesn't have a massive arm, right? And Jimmy's arm is, I'd say, probably league average, slightly above league average. It's not bad by any means, but if you just go around the league, most guys have strong arms. Starting now. starting quarterbacks? Yeah. I don't think – I'd call like it start- league average. It's plenty good enough, but it's not above average. Yeah, it's not. You wouldn't call him like, you know, Josh Allen or Mahomes. Well, but yeah, would Derek Carr's got a stronger arm. Maybe he's a plus arm anyway. He's above, Derek's above average. I don't think Jimmy's Jer- below average. I would just I, yeah, Goffy, Cousins. Yeah, is golf average? You think uh, average? Feels like, well, it feels like he's getting worse. His downfield throwing is good. I'd say Cousins is a guy who felt like his arms strength. gotten a little stronger. Yeah, um, I think I think Cousins and Jimmy are pretty similar. Jimmy's probably a little more athletic. Now, Cousins' season last like year. Cousins like, throws the... I'd have to look at the... The deep ball is, feels like a bigger part of Cousins' game. He's, he's become more accurate in, in Minnesota, for sure, down the field. But yeah, I just watching Jimmy in practice didn't feel like he was that inaccurate. But in game no. situations, deep ball in the NFL is very hit or miss, right? It's not like a 50% proposition. So if you hit if you hit deep balls at 40% clip, not 28 or 30, it looks a lot... It feels a lot different. Yeah. Arm strength has not been the primary discussion when it comes to Garoppolo. It's not as to me. He his negative has really been more reckless, as just the way obviously some of his injuries, with some of the, his decisions. He is which you know I, which it can be an arm strength conversation. It's going to sound like a good thing, but I think if you don't have like the physical tools, being a gunslinger can get you in trouble. Yeah. Right? There's a reason Al, no one had ever called Alex. If Alex Smith had tried to be a gunslinger, you know who's an example of a guy that can be a gunslinger and who historically has gotten himself in a lot of trouble has been Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because that's how he plays. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm just out here letting it rip. Well, it's like, Ryan, you don't throw 100 mile an hour fastball, so your your ball, some of you are going to be... Part of Trey Lance, that ball that you talked about when he tried to fit it in. I always said this about Kaepernick. When you throw that hard... It's, there's, those guys play defense because they couldn't catch a wide receiver, right? So the DBs, most DBs, not named Deion Sanders, didn't aspire to be like, I'm going to be a shutdown corner. It's usually because their hands are bad. So when you throw really hard, it's easy to intercept Alex Smith's ball. 
right? It just it's easier to Eli always threw a ball. Well, he had a strong arm. Sometimes his ball would float. It's a pickable rivers, pickable ball. See, to me, you got to be careful when you don't have a huge hose, and that's where Jimmy throws a lot of pickable balls and is just throwing some picks, right? I think you. I think it was you that said it when they got him, or maybe it was early. That your comp form was Romo. I, I do. I think there was some. I think there's something to that. Romo threw a pretty pickable ball, and he was a gunslinger. He was definitely a gunslinger, and he got. And you know, injuries were a problem for him too. But um, okay, because part of being a gunslinger isn't just hitting the ground right when you probably should. It's like I can do a 360 here and get outside and roll around and get the guy to come back on the backside. Yep. And every and it works once. You're going to try it seven more times. Well, you and I always make fun of the like the quarterback when he throws it away out of the sideline and how much overpraise there is for that guy like live for another down absolutely well well it's like all right shouldn't be that complicated but not everybody does it right not everybody does it consistently do you, do you remember the famous play on monday night football donovan McNabb against cowboys where he scrambled like three different ways and then he threw a deep bomb ran back towards like, his own end zone yeah it's probably when we were like in college i do it remember was, it. I, I, it was like scramble it was like a 15 second play well he was well, he ended harder. up like 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage maybe more <laughs> right he was in front of his own goal line i think did I'd imagine. The, no, it might have been. It might have been like Freddie Pinkston. Mitchell. Yeah, it was like '06. I thought. I would imagine it what was Pinkston's like first name. George Todd. Todd. Who's the guy that married the uh, Playboy playmate? Oh, Hank Basket. Hank Basket. Yeah, super great guy. I remember you always told me that Hank was a good guy. Super high character. Kendra. Wilkinson. Kendra, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a show. Um, yeah, they did. All right, I think they're divorced now. Huh? Divorced? I think they got a divorce. Yeah. Just... Uh, Julio Jones. We are uh, recording this on June second. We did at one point. I think I turned to you during Niner OTA and said, "Just be a lot cooler if Julio was out here right now." <laughs> if we come out next week and Julio comes jogging out. Right? right. Do you think Julio's an off-season workout with the team guy? Uh, you know, if he had just been acquired, I bet he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you just got if he, he gets traded for Kyle today, him to come out, he's at OTAs yeah. next week or this week with whoever acquires him. There have been a couple different things I've seen today on Julio's um, physical traits. One thing I saw five thirty eight. Oops, five thirty eight um, from ESPN Stats and Info. This is a chart. I you don't need to dive too deep in it, but basically, it's the orange line. For those of you who can see it, is Julio's speed, maximum speed on vertical routes over the last four years. And for those of you listening on the podcast, the maximum speed is about what it's what it always has been in 17, 18, and 19, and well above the median wide receiver's max speed. But I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks' podcast, and DJ said that he's heard from some people around the league that Julio's GPS numbers are not have been in decline in the last three years. Which is, when do you think we're when do you think we're getting public GPS numbers for us to digest? I mean, the second that like uh, Amazon AWS is ready to uh, sponsor it, because I did hear something about the Alabama players with their GPS, and I was like, I haven't read that anywhere. They're like, Oh yeah, that's not out. <laughs> that's not uh, public information. It is. It does matter because when I whenever I text my friends asking them questions about skill guys, they typically and I, I think inside buildings, it's become. A go-to. Like the 40 time is... I'm not saying the 40 time doesn't still matter, but they match that shit up now with the GPS. 
And I think over the last couple of years, they have learned, and, and I'm sure you know, talking to the Pac-12 college coaches, how to take the GPS numbers and how to make it into digestible information. Because I think when they first got it, they didn't quite know what they do with it four or five years ago. Now they can just boom, boom. They can have years to compare it to. Because to me, forever it was, it gets back to Billy Bean, right? And this is where I'm all for analytics. You sit in, he's still playing to his, he just looks like he did in 2014. And then I'm pounding the table, let's go get our guy. And it's like, well, actually, you bring up the numbers. For seven of his nine games last year, he was slower than he'd ever been consistently on 30-plus snaps a game. And to me, when you can do stuff like that, I'm sorry, guy, when you factor in how much you have to pay uh, pay to acquire him, which is a high draft pick, we were bullshitting out of practice. Biederman just said dropped a two and a four. I think it's fair to say it's going to be more than just a flat two, potentially. So you factor in that, and then you factor in, like, listen, even a team like the Niners, like, they have cash. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying cap space, like they might have to cut a guy. I'm just saying they'd have no problem paying him the money. It's just more, wait, we're going to give a second round pick for a guy that's well over 30, who's going to be, you know, if we have him for two years, we'll be 34 when it's all said and done. For a guy that might be trending down, and now we have this hard information, like one million percent, every team that has had these serious discussions, from the Titans to Seattle to the Rams to the Niners to the Colts to the Packers, this GPS number is probably a pretty big conversation because I've texted a couple executives that I have never heard them mention it. Both of them mentioned it to me in the fall when I asked them about, like, how fast is Trey Lance? They're like, well, looking at the GPS, we, we guesstimate he's 4-5-2, right? They talk about it's become, like, you and I, we don't ever really talk about it. I don't really talk about it. I, but I, I think in the league, the last couple of years, it's become, like, uh, part of the verbiage. Well, part, part of, of just the... Part the, of the, the landscape is that you don't have to worry. Like I, we're only talking about game speed when we're talking about GPS, right? We're talking about how fast does he play? Um, I know it's been a point of discussion in college football too. I've talked to multiple coaches, head coaches and assistant coaches in the Pac-12, for example, uh, and outside of the league for that matter. But they know how hard you practice, John. It helps them with player accountability because every player wears a GPS device in their in their shoulder pads or in their jersey, I guess. It's tucked into a little pocket in their jersey in practice. So we know a couple of things. We know, did John try hard today? Like, how hard did he try? We also know John tried really hard. Let's make sure we back John off tomorrow because John worked his ass off today, right? So, like, they're in it every day in practice. It is every day in practice. They know your GPS. Coach, I laid it all out on the line. (laughs) You cannot hide. It's like, well, John, you were 45 out of 45 in uh, that sprint. And I wasn't even watching. There's no like coach had his back turned, so you get to go. Uh, you get to go easy because he gets the GPS numbers, so they know how. And they know it's not just about it's not just about speed. It's about like effort output. So, to me, the question is: once you start getting every team can get the same information, right? Or it's not just the Falcons have the proprietary information about their games because that's the device their guys wearing. But when it's just you know, sports view or whatever the, whatever theirs is called. And everybody can get access to everybody's information. Now I do think like watching well, the, the, the individual team information for practice, you would never give that out get, because right. you would never want anyone to know for trades and stuff. Right. Right. But the also game stuff, I, we all have access. We went to nine. There was anybody, nobody, if they were wearing the GPS today, nobody was, uh, nobody was maxing out. Right. In an NFL practice. Yeah. No. Um, 
but yeah, that's significant. Now I still watch the guy. Like one thing is when I when I look at the Niners, Kittle. Every time I looked at Kittle, he was hauling ass. That's true. Kittle probably did hit. He did redline it. That's that's a good point. But that's that's part of the, you know what I was thinking about watching them today. You and I were talking about this on the sideline. Is like how many of the Kittles are out there? Trent Williams isn't there. Nick Bosa is not there. So you know they look different from just a blue chip NFL star perspective. Now I'm not saying you should chase stars, but you know they don't look like. Uh, the 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 early like the primo Harbaugh Niners with Navarro and Justin Smith and Patrick Willis and uh, my, Alden. My, my, here, my pushback on the Julio thing would be I I will trust me for business bring him on in I'm cool with it but if I was in their shoes they kind of just went down that well with Trent Williams and it's worked out well pretty well I mean we'll see actually it's it's going to be judged now these does he play ninety percent of the games the next three years you're in pretty good shape. Is he a guy that's battling some injuries? Like, it's still unknown. How yeah. many superstars who you still think have a lot left in their early 30s do you want to kind of put all your chips in the middle of the table? I'd rather see if I can get, you know, use that free agent money on a younger player, potentially. I, I just think you could easily talk yourself out of this, given that you don't have a lot of picks. If you had, if you just were able to get Trey Lance to pick 12, and you said they gave up a second and a fourth, fuck it, who cares, right? You got other ones, you can maneuver... They just don't have that much maneuverability to add sweet guys. Because we know the other thing with free agency, the pool shrinks every year. Because most times, sweet 26-year-olds aren't just like, check out the free agent class, loaded with dudes. Like, that's not usually the way it works. I would say the best players the last several years that have changed teams have been through, quote-unquote, free agent trades, right? Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Jamal Adams, Stephon Diggs. Buckner. Like, yeah, dudes in 25 to 28 range, Khalil Mack, that are sweet to change teams, do it with compensation. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they aren't just like, can you believe the Cardinals signed DeAndre Hopkins in free agency? No. The Bills, when they broke Odell off Beckham. Stephon Dix, even the Cowboys. Like, remember when they uh, signed Amari Cooper? Yeah, with a first-round pick. Yeah, twenty. Think about all the names we're listing, guy. All these primetime names that I think the Niners would be licking their lips over. Every guy we listed. All of them changed teams via a trade with a first-round pick. Yeah, we're young. But they were young. That's younger. my thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Niners I, would essentially be doing the same thing. You know, I, listen, would Belichick do this? Like, if, if in his Super Bowl teams, right, a first-rounder or second-rounder for a guy that's 32. To me, you got to factor the age. Yeah, I now, mean... he may end up trading for him, but I think he's a little desperate. Does he... he Part of this is what do you Belichick. have at your at the position that this person plays? Like for the Niners, if you told me George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they the the three of them each average fifteen and a half games, right? So, so six, two of them play sixteen, one of them plays fit, whatever. They're they're playing the full year. I, the Niners would sign a check right now for that. Yeah, if I told you that, you'd go. We don't, you know, it's like Julio would be, but you don't really need to do that, but. That's not historically. Debo Samuel doesn't play a full. Well, how do you look out there at practice today? Mm, oh yeah, he's injured. Let me check my notes. They got a lot With, of receivers uh, out there. Who the Niners have a lot of receivers out there running around today at practice. Is a, you're right. They got a lot of guys out there running around who are not the guys that they expect to be making plays on Sunday. Juwan Jennings made like, some oh. plays. Mohamed Sanu made some plays. But those are not right. So. Like, if you're pro Julio based on that, and you would counter the point that I've been making for a month, which is receiver is not the position where you lack the talent. I think the counterpoint to that point that I've made is, well, yeah, that's great today. But if we look at the last two years, 
Obviously, Ayuk only had the one year. But those guys all being healthy, that's that's not the way it's been. So you're going to make the same mistake again? I, I understand that point. They did lose Kendrick Bourne, but I think Kyle would look at it and go, I'm not saying, obviously, comparing Julio and Kendrick Bourne. But part of having offensive gurus on your – like that's where you spend a lot of money on with Kyle, with McDaniels, with Welker – you know, I think who's been there in a couple of years now, who I'm sure Kendrick Bourne would tell you all helped him develop as a player. That's where those guys like Jawan Jennings, whoever Jawan Jennings is, it could just be an undrafted free agent that we don't even recognize yet. The Watkins kid, whatever, that in two years we go, that's what you, that, you create a third wide receiver. Yet you have to be able to do stuff like that when you pay your head coach, who's an offensive guy, 10 to $12 million. Like that's Richie part James. Of, Did you say Richie James? Like w- one thing is, we talk a lot about Kelsey and uh, and Hill. They kind of Sammy Watkins didn't live up to his contract for him, and it didn't matter because they Pringle and Hardeman and just like all these guys, they just develop, right? Yeah, just develop. Yeah, I don't know who you know sour cream and onion Pringle is, but every time I look up, he's hauling ass. Where'd, where'd McCall? Now, now Hardeman, Hardeman was a third round pick. Was he from LSU? Uh, Pringle? No, McCall Hardeman. I, uh. Maybe La Tech. I thought he ran really fast. That's all I remember about him coming out. Like really fast. Like Georgia. 4-3-2. Georgia. Second rounder. Pick second, 56. Okay. Yeah. Who's this Hardman That's guy? Cool. Oh, second round pick out of the SEC? <laughs> <laughs> but I but I, I thought he was third. So my point was, that, I mean, they invested in him clearly. But they're like, there's pressure on Hardman. Like, can the guy become like the number two now? That it's kind of like his, is he that guy? I don't know. We're going to find out. But eventually, like, if he's not, he'll kind of get passed, right? Is he, or is he just a special teams guy? He's definitely, I'll, I'll give Hardeman this, like, you watch the Chiefs, Hardeman's a player. Yeah. He's, now, I just don't, yeah, he's been able to kind of blend in with the other guys. Can he take a solid role? Can he become like a 70-80 catch guy? Because the Niners need Ayuk and Debo to just establish. Can you guys both become 75 catch guys? Right. Hard, both of you. Hardeman, th- 26 catches to 41 catches. Those were his first two years. So is he? Well, do you think it's unrealistic to think Hardeman's got a sixty-eight catch season? No. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's like, well, can, can Juwan Jennings give him thirty-two catches this year? Well, John, extra, if you told me Juwan extra, Jennings was active for half the season, I'd say that's a pretty big success. Let alone, but there, there is going to be, I, and it might not, it might be a guy that we don't. Even, it might be the fourth undrafted free agent that we haven't even brought up yet. There is going to be a guy that we do not know that has thirty-two catches on. Yeah, but that could be uh, Richie James, and you'd go, we do know who that is. Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's fair. I forgot about him. No, but, I mean, you're right. It's It could be Juwan Jennings. They're going to need a, another wide receiver. Juwan to Jennings took him to the house, John, on uh, t- Tuesday OTAs. Yeah, I know, because he pointed, and then he danced. <laughs> he danced. And then about 15 minutes later, he made his way back to the huddle. <laughs> Maybe he knew that was his last round. <gasps> Uh, it was a sweet play. Like beats, I couldn't tell. It's hard to tell. They're on the other field. It's like, was he beating him to the pylon? There was no pylon there, but uh, it was a fun play. You know, one of our takeaways watching Niners OTA was like, why would you boycott this? 71 degrees. Well, it's like, did you golf subpar had Xander Shoffley on? And he's like, the one thing I play a lot of pickup rounds with Phil, you really stand, the guy's just a golf addict. It's like, of course, he's sweet at golf. Like, he's been sweet at golf now for 30 years. Like, watching, it reminded me watching Kittle out there. Like, George, do you want to just keep lifting dumbbells or come out and put those to work and just 
eviscerate every dude that lines up over you. Yeah, I want to fucking play some ball because I'm sweet at football. Right. Right? Like, for George, like, I understand Trent Williams. Like, well, I, I, we don't wear pads. I don't really get to shove anyone around. I'll just train on my own. For George, though, like, as a tight end or a wide receiver, even as a running back, I can understand, like, this kind of sucks. You know, I'm, it's all kind of fake. But as a wide receiver, if you're legit... You're kind of, wouldn't you say OTAs are made for the skill guys on the outside, tight end included, to just cook? I mean, it's just, it's their time. You can't get tackled. So George is making these catches all over the place for Juwan Jennings. It's sweet. It's like, this is what I do. I catch. And I try to score a touchdown. I know it's not shocking to anybody. This is not breaking news. It's like get you just get to hit drivers all day if you're a golfer or something. You know, it's fun. Yeah, just shoot. Just shoot and You practice. do not get hit. Basketball. You do not get hit. Kittle looked really fresh. Again, that's not of you would I that you would if you hadn't seen him you'd assume he was fresh. It's June second, but I just chomping at the bit to play. He looked fresh. Yeah, he looked any practice. You know, one it's a reminder too, having not seen practice in over a year. That's he practices the way you want your best players to practice too, right? Yeah, because you could to your point just have fun but kind of go through the motions, and. you know, he's active. He's active. I, I, I just think in general, in football, and they say this was pro, just in sports in general, but with basketball and, you know, they don't practice anymore. And in baseball, you just got to play well. In football, you practice so much. When your best players are just like, goddamn Fred and George, calm down. It's, what, 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 everyone, anyone else going to loaf? They said that for 20-plus years about Tom. And I remember my friends... When I got fired from the Eagles the next year because Chip and Bill were buddies, they did a joint practice. I remember like, what is Tom like in practice? Like, God, is incredible. He just would stop practice. He'd be screaming at guys. He'd tell our defensive coordinator to back the fuck up. It was just like, it was a clinic. <laughs> and it, it, he, the way he's talked about in these drills is like, watching Tom is watching like the, remember the Space Jam part of Michael Jordan when he brought everyone to train with him? And it was like, God, Michael's just dunking over people. When, when your best players practice the hardest and are most serious, I do think I, I noticed that with Jimmy today. Now, he just, you're the quarterback. It's always like, there's just an urgency. Well, he's the, the he was the one when it was time to assign a spot to the stagnant coach or equipment manager. He's the one that told him where, it was Garoppolo that told that guy where to stand, right? Yeah. It wasn't another coach that said, all right, go stand 15 yards over there on the hash mark. It was Jimmy that said, back up, take a step over. In fairness, Jimmy's been running the drill. With yeah, no, it's, you just do it. again. This this is just the. No, stuff I know, I know what you're saying. I that's the saying. price of admission, as we like to say on this show. But you still have to do that stuff. Not everybody does do that stuff. Well, and you, they did. I mean, Buckner was clearly that guy. I bet it Ballard would be like, he's incredible at practice, right? So you, when you replace that, you need to have guys on your roster that can maintain that and are good enough, right? Yeah. If you get rid of your best players that do that, that's where Bill. Always getting rid of guys. We never got rid of Tom, right? If your quarterback is that guy, you're in pretty good shape. Imagine being like Packer practice today. You're like, where's our MVP? Fucking in Hawaii, protecting Miles Teller from getting beat up in the bathroom. At, uh, uh, what was the name of that restaurant? It's got great uh, banana cream pie. Monkey Pod. Monkey Pod, yeah. You've been to Monkey Pod? That's the, uh, yeah, that's the restaurant he got hit in. You see that? Wait, Miles Teller the, got whoa, whoa, what? Miles My, Teller got punched. When was this? After like last weekend. See, I recognized when they took the photo of Miles. I could tell that was the monkey pod in Kapalua because yeah, I've sat was on that the, patio. He was in the bathroom and someone punched him. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I like monkey, Miles Teller. At monkey pod. Why was he punched? It, it must have been that right. day. 
Yeah, I don't know. Unless actually they probably went back to Monkey Pot a lot. I'm guessing where they stayed. It, that it's right by the shopping center in Kapalua. It's right there. Yeah. So it's a pretty the, active the, spot. What's the main drink over there? I want to say pina coladas, but it's not that. It's uh whatever the main uh margarita? No, pina colada. Oh, Mai Tais. Oh, Their oh. Mai Tais are oh elite. I'm big, I'm big on their uh their banana cream. The food, uh, the tacos were great. That that place is elite. I miss, it's not cheap. I missed the Miles Teller punching. Only because I saw Miles Teller punch TMZ. I'm like, well, Miles, he's there with Rogers. They must have split up for the day. <laughs> Did Aaron punch him? Like, well, I was thinking, like, where's Aaron to get his back? Yeah. Could it be Stay a Packer it. fan? Could it Could've be been. a Packer fan? Like, you're fucking ruining my team. What if What if I told you that it was Gudikins? Gudikins went over there and he beat up Miles Teller. Would that break the internet if Brian Gudikins has been charged with hitting Miles Teller? Would he get suspended? Would Rogers be like, you know, I was, I kind of hated you, but I'm kind of impressed now. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. Nothing else is working. Like Gabby. Like Gabby, John. Right now, folks, here's what you do. You go to Gabby.com slash ham. Put your auto insurance and home insurance policies to the test it is free the one true comparison platform with real rates we've done it g-a-b-i gabby.com slash ham that's gabby.com slash ham yep here's the thing we all you know use various insurance companies and spend way too much that's where gabby they come in they take all the insurance companies you put in what you want what you're looking for they give you a quote from every insurance company so what's the key to save money Gabby customers, you and I did it. You and I, I think when we did the uh, thing back in the fall, we were on the best insurance. But a lot of people aren't because, like, I was the same way. You don't know. You just pick a rate. You just do some car insurance, health insurance, whatever. Gabby customers save up to $961 per year. Nine, that's that's net income, right? Because, you are you know, you're paying for your car insurance with your income that's already been taxed. That's, that's a lot of money, guy. Adds up. Adds up quick. G-A-B-I. Gabby means get a better insurance. And like John said, when you enter your information, uh, if you have the best rates, it'll tell you have the best rates. So then you got the peace of mind to go with it. But I think we, like most people, you have insurance, whatever you have, you haven't looked at it. If you haven't gotten a new car or the new home, and who knows how long you haven't updated it and given it a look just to make sure that you're still getting the best stuff. Gives you an apples to apples comparison. What you have with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide Travelers, all in one place. It's free to use. It's free to use, and they'll never sell your info for no so no oh. spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like I did, like John did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash ham. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash ham. Gabby.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by our friends at Geology. Geology.com. Geology.com slash ham, where you get 40% off any trial set, and you can pre-order the SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen i put some on before i went out pre-order it now john i put on the, yeah, the not the sunscreen <clears throat> but the face cream in the morning the morning face cream. I, I always put on the face cream face and head when i went to arizona i did not put on the back of my neck neck peeled awful because the older you get like when i was like 10 12 skin can handle it i've noticed late in my 20s definitely in my 30s skin gets a little thinner you're just you know, we're, we're working men. We're inside a little bit more than we used to be in our youth. It works. We got the uh, the, the personalized uh, regimen is what you get. So you tell them, I got oily skin. I got 
uh, dry skin. I got bags under my eyes. You answer a few questions, bing, bang, boom, mm. and then they customize to you. Great products from Geology, G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E.com slash ham. And like we said, you can pre-order the SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen. I think it starts shipping this week or next. Um, 20% on that as well. Pre-order it now and save 20% as it gets ready to ship. Geology.com slash ham. Geology.com slash ham. Uh, Ricardo in the comments said, great Mai Tais at Monkey Pod. Great Mai Tai at Monkey Pod. It's, they're like a milkshake, but with alcohol, but not quite a milkshake because they're, they're just. EKBZ. I never, on, never drink drinks like that either. Because, uh, you you know, there's no reason to be embarrassed. But I'm just saying, like, if you went to, if you came to Walnut Creek and we went to the rooftop bar, one time I saw, like, their pina colada. I'm like, I'm feeling pina. It's just not the same in the States. <laughs> I know technically it's the States it's the there, States. too, but it's not. It's the I island. Yeah. The island, they're, they're fruity drinks just. It's the fresh fruit. I don't know. It's the it's ice. The I don't know pineapple. what it is. Yeah. They do not taste the same over here. Uh, uh, EKBZ on YouTube says, guys that punched him said he owed like 60K for some back wedding service. Miles Teller didn't know, get married. He's been married, right? That's an old. So maybe someone, he maybe got married in Hawaii like six years ago. Someone's been trying to track him down. Can't find him. Now Roger starts posting Miles Teller's face on the internet. And they're like. Like me, I know exactly. He's at Monkey Pod because it's obvious. If you know where there's a Monkey Pod, South Maui, but the, I know where that Maui, that's the Kapalua Maui Monkey Pod. That's where he was. You can tell in a second. And then they tracked him down. Like, Why not? Like this? He came once out of witness a, protection. Once upon a time, no ill will if the guy's listening. We, you know, it helped us. Big picture all worked out. But, you know, we probably owed, what do you think, about 10, about 20K total between the two of us? <laughs> you know, a decent amount. Yeah. Maybe might have been 18. It's like nine, maybe it wasn't ten each, but it was eight or nine. That guy's helping us out right now with something else, but yeah, so I got exactly. I mean, as everything worked out, I get it. Trying times, but I remember telling you like historically, when people owe people money, is when it's not even just like the drug game. It's just life. When people owe other people money for services, legal services rendered. If I'm just a yeah, services rendered. if I'm just a lawnmower and someone owes me fuck eight hundred dollars, like that's how do I get that money back? Most human beings are not super rich people. They're like, I'm gonna take them to civil court. It's like, pay me my fucking money. I understand. I mean, the mob got the most extreme. Like you owe, they just killed you. Though, like I'm not saying you validate that, but if you someone owes you sixty grand, punch them in the face, like. I get it. I would. I need a detail, John. How you skip out on sixty thousand dollars? A lot of money. Well, I just think in some of these situations that if you're doing a wedding, let's say in Hawaii, and I bet he did a really, really expensive wedding. If it gets up to even for him, money's all relative. Let's say he has a million dollar wedding. I bet he's looking something like that's bullshit. I'm not paying that. It's just an easy one. He's like, well, we fucking did it. You agreed to it. And we're like, whatever, we're not going to be back here. I can just see it's one of those, like, he's not. we're not going to get him his money. Yep. And then the next thing, eight years later, karma comes in the form of, uh, you're taking a piss. Not even thinking about your 60K. I- I've always believed this. You're on top of the this. world hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. In life, if, if you say you're going to pay someone and you do business with them and you don't pay them and you have the money, like, you're a scumbag. Bottom line. Now, there are individual instances. This is a personal philosophy like, of yours. Yeah, but I, I I think it happens yeah. the more and more just how many humans you know just that do other things that we, you know, that don't or just in completely different businesses. Like, you hear some shady things that happen. Absolutely. Like, some people are just, I, I don't know if they can just, I, I can't sleep at night. Like, let's say, 
like I had like 10 grand or whatever and hadn't paid you. And then we just like broke up and I never like some people could just go their separate way. Like I, I would just stop picking up your calls. Like that happens all over nonstop all the time in business. And there's always that one guy and you're like, that guy's a bad guy. Usually when the bad guy, it's usually over money. It's not like, you know, he just, he gave me funny looks in the hallway. No, it's usually because he's like that guy. I remember when I was in Fresno, there was this really rich guy that everyone called a scumbag because he was always looking to fuck over people. And when I say fuck over people, do deals with them and then somehow get out for less money. That's what they're talking about, right? AKA not paying them. That, a- to me, that, those, are, those are the scummiest humans, you know, non like crazy criminals, but like that's just, it's kind of like ingrained in them. And I think they justify it in they their absolutely mind. Absolutely like, justify it in their mind. I got a sophomore year. Uh- Roommate owes me a thousand, uh, a thousand, yeah, sophomore year, a thousand bucks. Like what you, PG&E bills, that kind of thing. What year do you think that is, like 04, 05? Yeah, 05. Do you know what you should do? You should just factor in interest and send him like a $27,000 oh, I, I, I can't try, I don't know where he is, what happened to him. But for a while, I'd see him around, like I remember I ran into him in the parking lot of Doghouse Grill, and I was like, hey man. He's like, oh yeah, I'll get back to you next week. Like, okay. Never heard from him again. You, sh- you, you should s- Can find I put him a- on Venmo. Find them on Venmo and send them like 19, like a crazy number, like $19,743. And you go the PG&E bill plus interest from 05. Yep. If I just put this in, a, in, a, in an IRA 20 years ago, who knows how much money that would be, right? Compounding yeah. interest, John. I could just compound interest that calculator. You ever looked at a compounding interest calculator before? I used to have, did you ever have one of those crazy calculators, the TI-77s or whatever I they TI-86, were? TI-86, yeah, Texas <laughs> yeah. Instruments. I didn't even know how to use that thing, but I had it for for sin and what was it? What's it? Sin, sin and so sine and cosine. Those are underrated parts about being a parent, where it's just like, yeah, hey, uh, this is high school. They say I need this this calculator. I don't even like this class, but and then the parent just has to pay ninety dollars for this instrument that like the kids not even like. That's just think how many just add ons over your life. Underrated how much children cost. I haven't seen you using the T eighty six around here at all. <laughs> I'm going to be on my kids. Like, can you please use that calculator when you're doing your homework? Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, Javon Kinlaw, John. A few, few quotes about Javon Kinlaw, which we, we, uh, we, we've read some quotes about him since practice ended. We both just watching him, having seen him before. But you see him, that human being in person, wearing the like padding on top of the helmet. It looks like you're wearing like a turtle on your head. And he's just humongous uh, and athletic. So let's get into him because there have been a few, uh, a few interesting. He, he became a talking point after uh, Niners OTAs. Thanks I got to give you credit because you're like, look at him. And you pointed to him across the field. And Armstead, I think, had walked by a little earlier. And the difference is Armstead, who is massive, even for NFL standards, right? He's, he's tall for like NBA standards. He's an enormous human being. First round pick, first round body for sure. So is Kinlaw. And I think Buckner is closer to Armstead of when you were around those guys, they just purport, they're just long. Like they're 300 pounds, but it just, if you just saw him like, you know, at a NBA game, I know he's a big Kings fan from Sacramento. He would probably just look huge, like tall, but he's not fat or he's not, you know, like a defensive tackle, very proportionate. Kinlaw to me is much more old school, like, you, those two guys look like they're from the Pac-12. That guy looks like he's from the Deep South, played in the SEC. His ass is enormous. His legs are huge. Calves are now huge. Now, he, he is fucking... In, I mean, he could probably play at 340 pretty easily. Here's the thing. When they drafted him, 
when they drafted Buckner, Buckner was not a project. He he played his ass off at Oregon. He was, I don't want to say a can't miss, but it felt like he was the equivalent of like Patrick Sertain this year, maybe Minka a couple years ago. Like, I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I know he ain't going to suck. Like, this guy's going to, that was how all my friends that did the SEC talked about Patrick Sertain. Like, you know, is, is does he have elite speed? Is he going to be elite player? I don't know. He's going to be solid, though. No one will regret having that guy on his team. I think Minka's become a lot like that and probably even a little better. But Buckner was like that immediately. He was just like, you want him on your team, he's solid, you feel good about it. I think a lot like, uh, you feel that with offensive linemen a lot, right? Like, I don't know if this guy's an elite player, but he's going to be our starting guard for a decade. You feel fine. They do need Kinlaw because he has a high and a low. Because he was so raw coming in, and his, he ended up at junior college, and then he played for a couple years at South Carolina. Their team wasn't that good. But his best games of the year he was drafted... I remember people saying the two games that really stood out were Georgia and Florida. Mm. And I think the Clemson game was like the, when they played the three blue chip programs who were all like top 10 teams, he stood out. And a couple times last year, like when he would make a play, his plays would be like, holy shit, right? Which is like throw a guard, engulf the running back. Can they get a guy? I don't even think you can like. I'm not even saying best case, be like a pro bowler, but be a guy where you go, this guy has pro bowl ability over the next couple of years when this season ends. I think that's what they're looking for this year. A more consistent player, a more like, you're just naturally going to have bad games. Because I was thinking, listen to McVay talk and, you know, just your dumb moments as a coach. As a coach, like every week leading up to the game, there are going to be some weeks where you're just more tired, where you're not having clarity with your game plan, and other weeks where just things hit when you're watching film. No different as a player. Some weeks you'll probably feel really fresh. Other weeks you're like, God, I just, I don't feel loose. Think about like playing golf. Some weeks you're like, God, my swing feels pretty good. Other weeks you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) I think being a a rookie has to feel most of the time for most guys, not like Worf's and, you know, Herbert, which is going well, where you're just like, I bet more than half the season, you're like, God, this is crazy. Like, this is this is a lot. And I think now there's no excuse for that. You know what you're getting into. Can you just have 10 good games out of 17? Like 10 games where you're like, God, Kinlaw was fucking good. Yeah, and seven just solid. I mean, you're allowed to have bad games, but yeah, mostly you're allowed just to have some bad games. I, I thought. But I mean, a couple in those 10 where you have like, a sack and a half and a couple TFLs. We just go like he was like one of the better. You, you drafted him fourteen. Guy. Yeah, look, well, to me, is you're, he's there to be powerful. He's there to get after the quarterback. The pick six he had against the Rams last year was a pretty telling play because it was soft hands and then effortless running for thirty yards. Right? Do you remember that play? Not really. Let me see if I can find the video. Um, it was just so un his his physically. You look at him and go, this guy is about power, which obviously he is, but he's there's so much more to what to to just his basic abilities. Hold on, here we go. Um, go ahead. You want to say something? Well, I think when you look at the best of Buckner and the best of Armstead, Armstead is a twitchier player than Buckner. But Buckner's again. relentless energy and consistent toughness. Oh, yeah. We, Soft hands. Oh, yeah. We're, for those of you on the podcast, we're watching. And then just... Are you just saying watch him move? Yeah, like that's just not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he To me, he can be a hybrid of the two of those guys. 
I think he can be a better player than Armstead. Will he probably ever be Buckner? That'll be hard. But I think he can bring a combination of the two of them. He's a little twitchier and a big-time athlete. Like, Buckner, relative to... Armstead's the way better athlete than Buckner, right? But if you talk to the people at Oregon, Buckner was clearly the better player. But Armstead, if, if we could ever get Armstead to do this, well, I think it's he's not, you know? But he just his God-given gifts are just so freakish that even when you just see Armstead out there at practice, you're like... This guy looks pretty sweet. Like, I understand why Kyle and Sala were like, yeah, we got, we want this guy around. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I do get it. But ideally, when you can get two guys like to go with Bosa, their defensive line, because if, if Armstead can become your third best defensive lineman, you're in pretty good shape. Because when they had probably the top defensive line in the league two years ago when they made the Super Bowl, that's what he was, right? Right. Bosa and Buckner were clear one-two in some order, depending on the game. And then Armstead just like kind of, I get to rotate over here, rotate over here, get on your weak. And that's link, way better than most teams' one. third best pass. I mean, it's oh my god, maybe better than their every second. team. In, every team in the league would sign up for Armstead as their third best defensive lineman. Now, ideally, not seventeen million dollars. They'd like him. What do you think Armstead is? In all fairness to him, like a ten million dollar player, right? Yeah, I was gonna say twelve. Yeah, ten. Okay. Yeah, if you got him for like four years, fifty million, twenty five guaranteed, you feel pretty good, <laughs> but. You know, that's just not what he. I'm not saying if he would have hit the open market, someone would have given. You're him saying an from a productivity standpoint. Yeah, and you know, Bosa ideally becomes a hundred million dollar player, and Kinlaw just looks like a guy this year that you go, this guy can be a guy one day that you pay a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, you drafted him just where you drafted him. I mean, guy, they really between those three guys. I mean, what was Armstead like a fifteenth overall, seventeenth overall? Like, I mean, those three guys are all obviously Bosa's number two. What well, time was Buckner it at the Hooters was, with you, me, and Ricky Waters when I said I didn't like the pick? I thought he was in the teens. I, th- I thought because they traded. I thought he was like 17. Yeah, 17. They traded back. So they have the second overall pick. They have a 17th overall pick and a 14th overall pick. That's that's a lot of capital. Second overall. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Just Two pre guys that were all picked. Yeah, per- absolutely. Three first rounders on your D-line. But that's how, like, go look at some of the best defensive lines. That's usually how they kind of look. Right, yeah. Right now, if we if we went and looked at uh, Washington's defensive line, like I don't think Chase Young's the only first rounder on that defensive line, right? No, they got a couple other ones. Yeah, <laughs> like where was that's fair. Well, even once they got Khalil Mack, they had uh, Floyd before he went to the Rams. So even he, when he was good with the Rams, like yeah, ideally you always have to have a couple first round defensive linemen. Here's Most, a couple. The best defensive lines aren't like we're just we got four seventh rounders. We just play our ass off. Right, we just play with gusto. It's like, well, you can only gusto Trent Williams and Quentin Nelson so long, right? <laughs> Here's a couple of quotes from uh, Wednesday's uh, post practice. Samson Ebukam, the uh, transfer, John from the Rams. I feel like he's going to have an All Pro year the way he's going right now. Set of Kinlaw, D'Amico Ryan's new defensive coordinator. He's going to take a huge jump this year. He's been doing an awesome job. I can already see how much better he's gotten in the couple of weeks we've been together. Well, if that's true, then that's, you know, I mean, I believe that he means it and that's what he's seeing. I'm just saying if that's what it actually translates to on the field, a huge jump. If we get a, if you get a huge jump, then you've got a, that you combine those two comments, then you do have a, um, a pro bowl or an all pro level player. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, pee in the pool here. I would imagine if we just canvassed the land of every training camp, 
that a lot of stuff like that's being said about their first round pick yeah. this year. Right? Well, that's why I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But you know, it's it's to me it goes back to if they weren't he's huge. if he's the huge. fact that they're saying those things doesn't mean that's what's about to happen. But there have been first round picks where no one is saying that that thing about them going into their second year, right? Yeah. And we do view him as a guy that um you know, there, he was obviously good enough to be drafted as high as he was, but there was also just, you hoped, some year two, year three development with him. That's part of what the expectation was when they got him. Like, yeah. filling DeForest Buckner's shoes year one is not usually what anybody does. What do you think about a little wise mini? You knew it was like, it was for the bigger picture, right? But you knew the equivalent, like, take it, you just weren't, where do you ever going to get a guy that looks like that for the Niners again, right? To me, it was the right pick. Yeah, like I, I swinging on an offensive lineman. Now you go. Would they have rather had Worfs? Could they have taken Worfs? I mean, you you could have gone back and forth over that because obviously Tampa wouldn't trade Worfs for. Kinlaw they would right not. Now, right? Could you if have the done? Niners could do it all over. No Trent Williams, you, Worfs, keep McGlinchey, and then you have a bunch of extra money to do other shit. Yeah, it's it's but it's. In fairness, it's always easy to play that game yeah. the year after. Well, if you just if you just would have if if we could redo it, Russell Wilson would have gone one. Well, it's like yeah, he went in the third round, so it's easy to do a quote unquote redo. If we could do the ninety nine or two thousand draft, no way Brady lasts till one ninety nine. Well, no shit. Wasn't Montana third rounder? We and listen, it's it's one of the more just casual sports conversations, and it always has been our entire life, and it continues to be. There's never been a redraft or a retrade in the history of football or just sports in general. You know, if we would have redraft that 84 basketball draft, Michael does not make it to three. No kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, John, a few YouTube things here and then some other comments. Eric Ocean uh, on YouTube says, watching these two talk themselves into Trey Lance each episode will never not be entertaining. I can tell you, it's pretty easy to talk yourself into Trey Lance. So we're glad you're watching every episode. No comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anointing him as some great player. I'm just saying physically, you just saw the the talent. You know, I would have said the same probably if Justin Fields was out there. I don't know how I would have reacted seeing Mac have a weaker arm than Jimmy. Um, the other thing, the other thing that would have been pretty telling, right? In part of it, you and I have seen Jimmy so many times at a practice setting that I just, I just accustomed to what he looked like. But Mac. Next to Jimmy, and especially if Mac was a little smaller than Jimmy, and then those other two guys are towering over him, like, what the hell is going well, on? Well, that's why Mitchell Barsati, which I wonder any uh, relation to a former Fresno State quarterback, uh, Mark Barsati, said, uh, tough to tell how big he is next to Sudfeld. I mean, no, that's the first thing you look and go, that's the first thing I did was I went to the roster. I was like, wait, Sudfeld's how big? Why well, told you that, you know, if this thing was Sudfeld, he's the Sam Hinkie of football. They put him in the fourth quarter of Sunday Night Football and everyone for three straight days said the Eagles fucked everybody and tanked the season. But they didn't say that because of like the Eagles game plan, the plays they called. They strictly said that because of that human being. Right. So this guy walks in. He's like, yeah, I'm the guy that they think they tanked the game for <laughs> me. Not, not, not because we ran it every time, just because they literally put me in the game. That's why. Remember the Giants players were all tweeting like, this is Bush League. It's like just for him. He was making $3 million. It's like, what are they paying me for? Internet treated them like I can, a scrub. I can only hold the clipboard. Now, he didn't look good in the game, in fairness, but he'd never played. From Modesto. I didn't know that about him. Nate Sudfeld? 
Modesto Christian High School. That's uh, that's California for those of you not in the state. It's it. I was thinking about this driving to practice, just thinking about Jimmy and Trey. Right, obviously they did not come. Well, I mean, one's from Chicago, one's from Minnesota, and they both went. One went to, they both went to Division One AA schools. Sudfeld's a good example, right? If people knew how good he, an NFL player that's going to have a six, seven year NFL career, is there any chance on God's green earth that a Pac-12 school does not offer that guy coming out of high school? I want, he just would have ended up in the yeah, Pac-12. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised but given just, his physical, given his size. Maybe he wasn't that good. I, I'm fascinated. I did not know he was. I would have assumed he was from the Midwest. Uh, but like you understand, wherever Jimmy went to high school, if I remember correctly, it was a smaller high school, and I think he played. He was like a, going both ways. But like if you went to, you were Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan, you would come through. You probably not offering him. But obviously, looking back, like Jimmy Garoppolo could have played in the Big Ten, right? Right. He would have started probably for the majority of the teams. Yeah. But you just don't. But it's it's so you're projecting so much that right, you just have to start hard. with the physical tools with these guys. Yeah, and who knows? The other thing that's hard is like maybe Jimmy's like, well, I got to play right as a true freshman or a redshirt freshman. Where if you go to Ohio State, you start fourth in the depth chart, and they keep bringing five stars. You were just kind of a lower level recruit. It's harder for you to kind of break that perception. Like Jimmy, if he had been a seventh round pick and not a second round pick. Who knows if he becomes Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jeff Schwartz thing is always, and it is true, it doesn't determine your success or failure, but it does give you more opportunities when you're higher, if you're like a top 50 pick. There's no doubt. You just get, they are less likely to cut you, first of all. And I think, and other teams, Jimmy's a bad example because he played, but a guy that's just quote-unquote a bust with a team immediately is getting a job if he was a first-round pick with another team. I don't mean getting to play, but another team is acquiring him. Dante Pettis is a good example. Like, you can look terrible. I mean, awful. It's like, we cut you. Immediately claimed. If Dante Pettis is an undrafted free agent, and it's like, ah, just let him hit. He'll he'll clear waivers. Josh Rosen. He Yeah. If he's a fourth-round quarterback. He's, he, I'd say he's the opposite. It's crazy how his career... Because one takeaway I had with those two guys... Like, there's a clear competition at Niners training camp, and it's for the third. Like, I would imagine they're going to keep three quarterbacks. Yeah. They have the last couple years. And it's Josh Rosen versus Sudfeld. Right. Right? Yep. Early, early bet. Just, I mean, today he was hard to know anything. Rosen. Yeah. Feel like Rosen should beat him out. Has an upper hand on the offense here. Kyle clearly... No chance the Niners are claiming or bringing in a quarterback if Kyle is not semi-interested. And if he didn't like him, Josh wouldn't have come back, right? See, they just cut Josh Johnson today. Like, they didn't Ye- need... Or yesterday, yeah. I think. You probably don't even really need four quarterbacks. But clearly, Sudfeld is intriguing enough. I think you want to push Rosen a little, too? Make him compete? Yeah. I mean, challenge's competing. Is there a more competitive quarterback room right now? I mean, you got the quarter. You got the starter. You know, fighting for his life. You got the third guy, are fighting for their life. And the second, if he just is is trying his ass off to start, got a lot of people breathing out of other people's necks. You know. Yeah. Maybe Oregon's quarterback room is a little more competitive right now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean college, but I'm I'm just talking NFL. Like that's usually in the NFL. There's just clear hierarchy. Like if you went to Raiders practice, like. The two guys are not worried about any of anyone else. Geno Smith isn't taking Russell Wilson's job? No. 
Kansas City's uh, who's the backup competition at Kansas City? Tyler Thigpen and uh, no, it's Elvis Kerback. Veach wanted a, a backup quarterback that's married. Oh, <laughs> can't have anybody calling Mahomes at eleven thirty on yeah, the they, uh, they just night. they just don't want anyone. It's just just get me some married guys. <laughs> That's, One day it'll flip, though, right? When Mahomes is 32 and married and like got three little kids, they'll like have a fourth-round young quarterback. Uh, John, Andy Dalton says nothing has changed in his approach after the Justin Fields draft pick. Andy is uh, just as locked in as he would have been anyway. Came in on a one-year contract, um, you know, preparing to be the starter, and nothing changes, which I appreciate the quote. I call B- I mean, there's, I don't buy it. There's no way. He thought he was the starting quarterback with them not drafting a first-round quarterback, which, again, as you pointed out earlier, he's not in a position to have that right. But I do think that's what he was told. That's what he expected. I have no problem with I am pro what the Bears did. But um, I don't think he's happy. I don't think Andy Dalton's happy. He did not communicate that, but there's no chance that he's happy. Which, whatever. People aren't happy. Yeah, I mean, I I just think he, you know, he's... My educated guess right now, zero inside information. I think Justin Fields starts week one. Um, yeah, I think they're in a desperate spot. I, as long as he looks, he doesn't have to be it, as it, ready as it, Andy Dalton. It's not, This is not well, like Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, the other thing, though, guy, is if Andy Dalton is not, quote-unquote, the incumbent, he showed up a month earlier, right? If Andy had been their quarterback last year, I wouldn't say that. But what the hell's the difference? Just because Andy knew their quarterback coach? Or their offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor? Like, what does that matter? Doesn't. Yeah. they. I mean, they, they need to win now. And also, like, them winning nine games with Andy Dalton, I guess if it made the playoffs, that would be good. But what they really need is to show that they can win and show that the big chance, they the big swing they just took is a home run. Or at least has promise. Yeah. Can he say? I think Justin Fields starting. If Fields looks good, but they don't win as much, but they're not bad. Does that get you another year? Yeah. He's got to be pretty electric in some moments, I think. Cuz I worst case scenario for them, he's like electric, but you win 6 you go 6 and 11 and it's like the Bears are the most desirable opening in the league, right? Cuz they got this young guy who looks sweet and their defense fell off and it wasn't his fault. It's like a Herbert situation, right? Where Fields is awesome but they're losing games. Right. That's worst case scenario cuz then people are licking their lips to get in on that job. Then, like, Dan Mullen and guys like that are calling. Like, hey, I'm in. Uh, Roethlisberger, he gets surgery? We, he claimed UCL? that he completely. What do you have? Yeah, I thought he just he had Tommy John, which is not as bad for a quarterback as it is for a pitcher. He just made sure that the media knew how bad it really was when he had it. It's like, yeah, Ben, we get it. So Ben is the one that reported his UCL, which, I, I mean, if you have that kind of surgery, that you should have that. as Somebody should say that for you. You shouldn't be the one to have to report that. Well, it was it was reported, right? When he remember when he tours that he had Tommy. So John, then, what was the but, new news? Well, I think he just wanted it out there that he had his entire elbow was reconstructed. I think gotcha. sometimes with the Tommy John, they just place the hamstring or whatever, right? He, he was like, "We blew it out," and he also told everyone that he uh, it was his idea to take a big cut. <laughs> oh, which which Ben, I doubt. Was that the first in the history of the sport? Yeah, I mean. I, he is LeBron before LeBron, who is like if you just watch him play when he's on, you're like, God, this guy is tough. He's got the, he's just guy is just a a load. 
And he has the biggest drama queen going. Like the Baltimore Ravens for, I remember DJ telling me when I met him, they openly laughed at like, what's Ben's injury this week? But he's like a tough guy. You know, that's, yeah. it's weird because if you watch his, if I just put together a 10 minute highlight tape of the greatest Ben's plays, you would be like, this guy's incredible. He's a tough fucking guy. I'd, this guy, I'd love this guy as my quarterback. But I think most people, especially in that division, you know, like some of those Marvin Lewis teams and definitely the the Ravens for years. Like Ozzy, there's like, oh, what's Ben talking about again? Well, you, are you I, I think you brought this up the other day for some reason. Maybe it was a while ago. But the Raider game, like three years ago, where he gets hurt. Josh Dobbs comes in. Somehow the game, get, Ben's done for the day. Somehow the game gets close. Ben comes back in, throws like a go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game. But he would, he'd been ruled questionable to return then didn't come back. Uh, did they end up winning that game? I think the Raiders beat him. Raiders somehow came back and won. See, I, I don't think he threw the game-winning touchdown. I think he came in when they were down like six. Or just and, they and, led this. Yeah. He came back for the only cool drive of the game for them. LeBron playing tonight? Wednesday uh, Wednesday night? When do the Suns uh, uh, Lakers play? I think they played them. They just played last night. Thursday? Grass kick, so they played tomorrow, yeah. LeBron does, I mean... I won't miss him. LeBron does lay it all. The NBA's going to miss him, though. I'm ready for the Lakers to lose. When it's, of course, but like you have to... But You're ready for him to lose, but you actually watch him when it's when it's Nuggets Mavs. You're going to be locked I hate in? Watch him. I, oh, I, I watch him. I know, that's good. That's good for the sport. Yeah. It's not ideal. Nuggets Mavs is just not going to do the same thing for you. LeBron also walked off the court with five minutes left. Yeah, I mean, you know, pitchers do it. Hit the showers. Well, Vogel had a good point. He's like, well, he can't get treatment on the bench. He might as well just go back there and do it. Actually, I was like, yeah, I get it. And they're down like, <laughs> like you want to hate it? 40. <laughs> you- I looked up, guy, and I had the Blazer game on watching Nobody. It's a really good movie. I rented it for $19. Is it still, it's still 20 bucks? Yeah. yeah, but it's, you know, it's a good action movie. I love that guy. And they just, you know, like when there's two playoff games, the NBA TV throws you off because I would never go to NBA Ever. TV, but I saw someone tweeting or Instagramming, Dame's going off. I didn't so know it I was on until I saw a highlight during the TNT game. And then I look up and I see the score of the other game was like 78 to 42. I'm like, Ooh, he ain't going to be happy. <laughs> and then when I saw the highlight of him walking off, he had to be just incensed that his five-year, $225 million co-star has his seventeenth injury in a year. It's and unbelievable half. how much he gets hurt. He gets. Did he hurt get a hurt lot. this much before? I mean, I know he was hurt when the Pelicans, but he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, it feels like he has to lead the league. And I don't watch like every regular season game, but whenever there's on national TV and he's just like flipping channel, he's on the ground a lot. Uh, last question for everybody. Both, if you're watching on the YouTube, there'll be a photo. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find it. You probably know it already. Uh, if you had to eat one for the next six months, the turkey sandwich, uh, you, it's almost, there's no turkey. It's like American cheese with a little, is that like a potato salad? Maybe. I mean, that's better. There's a no brainer, right? You would take that over the greasy tortilla bell pepper with a piece of chicken situation (laughs) that somebody in Beloit had to eat or I don't even know where. I'm a sucker for Mexican food. I think if you <laughs> just if they had, if they had hot sauce or salsa, I think I'm going the taco. You're just going the taco. I see. I would go the bread. At least it's bread. 
some cheese. Some These fake were not. Cheese. This was not like the big league club, right? No, this, this is uh, tweeted out by MLB. Uh, MILB advocates, players in the A's organization, shared these photos of their recent post-game meals. They, uh, you know, I do know, knowing a little bit how this stuff works, like it usually is a third-party vendor, I think is what they called it, like a caterer. And if you're in a, who knows what the caterer is up to. But that's pretty terrible. That's just, I've seen some bad meals, John. That is a bad meal. My educated guess on this one, because I'm with you, it's... You know, it's just someone back at the main office setting this up for probably everybody. With this franchise, they took the cheapest option, and this is what you get. Well, yeah, this like is a I, minor, minor league. So somebody in the minor league office, I think they pay their own. You know what I mean? Like, they're privately owned is my guess, right, whichever team this you don't, was. Oh, the, you don't think the big league team's on the hook for all the food for the minor league? No, nah, I, I don't think I don't so. Know, I don't Depending know on works. who owns it and where the team is. But I'm with you. Like, somebody went with the cheapest option. So when you say, like, oh, this is just the caterer, it's like, yeah, it's the cheapest caterer you could find, probably. Yeah, so if you're going think about this. You're going cheapest option in a time where we're in a work shortage. We can't get anyone to work because they're getting fucking paid to stay home. We're in a supply shortage. You see the meat people just got hacked out of meat. Yeah, second they got Yeah, I know. We got got limitations everywhere. I was playing golf with my brother. He has the—he's friends with these guys. They run this painting operation. Do you know the big thing right now is hacking and they hack you and they ask Ransom. for, they don't ask for like 500 grand. They ask for like a reasonable number. If they, ha- they have like your business operation and these, these people that run a painting operation, they do really, really well. They ask for either 50 or $75,000 and the guy goes to his, you know, to his, it'd be like the equivalent of us trying to get on, run our podcast and we can't sign on. So it's like, do we either just start over from scratch or do we pay the you know you know the people holding your ransom for just your password back. They all you they want is for you to send seventy five thousand dollars. Like I think it's Bitcoin because it's untraceable. And he goes to his lawyer, or whatever, and the guy was like, you know, and, and this is what the guy told him. If it was a number that I couldn't afford, I would just say no. But it's like I do have the money. I want my shit back. I don't want to start from scratch. He paid him the money and they gave him the thing. Which they do, from what I've heard, they do because they want to set the standard. They're like, if you pay, we're not going to rehack you. Yeah, like, we'll give you your stuff back. Yeah. So that's why, because I asked my brother, I'm like, why didn't they just ask for like a million dollars? Like, well, they'd never pay it. Right. So they asked for a number like 45,000 or 67,000, and they get it. It's a week's worth work right there for those guys. Honestly, kind of smart hackers, because I feel like historically watching movies, they always ask, I need $7 million. And the guy's like, I only got 45000 How am I going to get this money? And they're like, I don't care. Get me no my cops. money. No cops. 24 hours, no cops. But if you had just said, I just want $30,000 in a Rolex, you're like, well, you're giving my son back? Yeah, I'll give you the money. <laughs> well, I, I've heard well, the other thing they do is they'll hack and then they'll sell so you undercut. the patch. If you're going to be a hacker, just go low. Exactly. That's what we're doing here. You, uh, <laughs> they'll, also, they'll hack and then they'll sell you the patch for it too. Like at a big level government hack, right? Part of that point of the hack is to show is to have the solution. So I hack you. I can show you how to protect yourself from a future hack. I can show you the uh, the hole in your defense that you don't know about, and I'll sell you the solution. I I think hackers. Remember there there was a movie hackers. Remember that movie hackers? Vaguely, probably like late nineties. It was a little bit like flying cars. When people talked about hackers in like the late 90s, early 2000s, they didn't really know it was coming. It's eventually coming because our entire world's going to be on the computer, right? So the main hackers are going to be the top criminals. 
Because you know the Tom Hanks movie uh, where he gets taken over in like Ethiopia or I'm whatever? I'm the captain now, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- that is going to happen a lot, but just with geniuses online. But like they it's going to be... The new mob is just going to operate on the internet. But they don't have to go, you know, Jason Bourne driving cars through streets and running from men. They're just sitting on their couch in Barbados or wherever they are. Yeah, with a, with a Mac. <laughs> and a chew-in and your feet up. You know? It's like, oh, just got us, uh, just got us two uh, 120Ks. <laughs> you know, just keep adding it up. Boom, 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 boom. How do you go to sleep if you can just spend all your time just doing that? I'd have a hard time going to bed. I, I was watching this show on, uh, on YouTube this dude from CNBC does a, has a pretty good podcast slash YouTube show, and he was like, he thinks that the next big, like, just because you and I were talking, that you were reading that book, and that any leader would say, over a period of time, things happen that you have, you can never foresee coming. Right? Just Corona, the 2008 yeah, Lewis crash, whatever. Yeah. A- every time something hits, no one saw it coming. Even though that, the flaw in human, yeah, the point it was a Michael Lewis book. The point, the flaw in human predictions is people never predict unpredictable things. So you just predict thought, the future as if nothing crazy is going to happen in it. He, he thought the craziest potential thing that could ever happen, and I was it got me thinking like it would be pretty nuts if a bank ever got hacked, and all of a sudden like Bank of America, every single one of their clients, you just look is a zero. But isn't that the F- ha- doesn't the FDIC insure up to whatever it is like two hundred thousand dollars every account? Does that mean I get my money back? I know everybody says like FDIC insured, but I don't not exactly positive what that means. Well, what if you had fifteen million in there? Well, yeah, that's, do people keep fifteen million in one bank account? How does that work? I what do really where do rich people put their money? Multiple accounts. I assume. Well, like you, you don't you don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has an account with like twenty million dollars? I mean, I'm sure it? he's got. I, it's a great question. I I think he probably has multiple accounts. If you had a hundred million dollars right now and you just wanted to store it, you would store it in like five different places. I think, I, I, yeah, I, because I think I don't know the rules. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But uh, the standard deposit insurance coverage limit is two hundred fifty thousand dollars per depositor per FDIC insured bank. But, but guy, this is his point. If I rip out all the money, what if the insurance company's also in business with that bank? What if all the money just disappears? Yeah, I mean, I understand. I, money's got to. You got to knock out multiple people, though. Like, you have to knock out the insurer, right? Yeah. But I think there would be a lot of people at Bank of America with over $250,000 in different accounts, right? Don't you think? People would absolutely lose money. No, I absolutely think you're right. I'm just asking the question, what does my FDIC insurance, does it like, I've never read the fine print. Does it like, we will insure 20% of your money. Congratulations. Did I just lose everything? I think it's a little bit like eating in this, you know, in America, we're very lucky. Like when you go out to eat, you never think in the back of your head, like this food might make me sick. We just, cause it never does. And the one time it happens, you get food poisoning. You forget pretty fast. Like when I got the worst food poisoning, I mean, really the sickest I've ever been in my life. Thought about dying. It was Chipotle. I went this was post Chipotle uh, scandals, right? Yeah. Post Chipotle scandal. I said, I'm never going to eat Chipotle again. I've probably eaten Chipotle since a hundred times. So you just forget. This is something when you give money to the bank, whether it's a dollar or whether it's a million dollars, you just feel very confident in their ability to store it, right? Yeah. So I you keep all the gold in my floorboard. <laughs> Smart. Of course, when I need to buy like a Gatorade, they're like, uh, all right, that'll be a, a flake of that gold. There's a reason Pablo, you know, hit everything in the ground. The ground, the wall. He, did, he, he didn't trust those banks. You're not worried about washing it then. No. I got bigger fish to fry. All right. Um, 
Anything else we got to hit today? I think it's all I got. Okay. On that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. If you're on the YouTube, check out the pod. If you're on the pod, check out the YouTube. Get the ma- I don't think we meant did we mention the beginning mailbag questions. We did mention that for another uh, yeah. bag alert. And uh, yeah, tell your friends. We appreciate that too. Word, word of mouth. It's no joke. It's not. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.